3: The Around the NFL Podcast. Always triple sources.
2: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. And to you. You know, you uh, classic rock fans are probably aware of this or music fans. John Lennon's lost weekend. It's when he was estranged from Yoko and I think a lot of drug use was involved and the weekend was kind of a, a big deal in his growth as a man, according to John Lennon, rest in peace. I had a similar lost weekend this weekend, but nothing exciting, no heroin, no Yoko figure involved.
4: No growth as a man.
2: No growth as a man at all. I don't remember anything about the weekend, and it's gone, and I'm just starting to accept that this is my life. And
1: it wasn't due to, like, pleasant, adventurous excess. I I feel you on some of these weekends where suddenly it's it's not just Sunday night. It's Monday morning at (laughs) 4.50 a.m., and, like, you can feel the week staring down at you. You're three days older, and you've got nothing to show for it. Nothing.
2: How was your weekend, guys?
1: (laughs) That was good. (laughs) I was meant to hang out with Dan on St. Patrick's Day, and around 4 p.m., I... Texted and said it's not happening. It just wasn't simply, happening on my it end. It wasn't you know, happening.
2: It just wasn't going to happen. And that was it. And then Sunday happened yesterday. Don't, I barely remember Sunday. The lost weekend.
5: <laughs> Inertia's a bit I barely remember anything. It's kind <laughs> of a nice way to go through life.
2: <laughs> What's going to happen when you actually start getting old, Greg, and you know, the ravages of time uh, start to zap your mind a little bit and your memory gets a le- I'm a little worried about that. I think it's... it. I we're look, already there. I, yeah, we're there. I view it more as like a lifestyle
5: choice. There are certain things I choose to, to mark as uh, meaningful. I'll keep that. But pretty much everything else, eh. So you're, in a, you're like a memory elitist? Maybe so. I mean, like I was having a good time <laughs> this weekend. I was enjoying it. You know, a lot, of, a lot of time with the
2: kids and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's just gone now. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Good, good chat, guys, on the week. And uh, let's talk about football now because a lot to talk about. Uh, We're now uh, just hitting like the week mark since the legal tampering uh, period began. So free agency agency has definitely settled down, but there are still some chips falling into place. So we're going to get caught up uh, since the last time we spoke to you, which was uh, or recorded for you, which was uh, Friday morning. Uh, So we will get into it and we'll start with big talk uh, at the top of the draft board around, oh yeah, my favorite team, the New York Jets. All right, let's get into it. All right, so the big news over the weekend, it was on St. Patrick's Day uh, that the Jets announced uh, that they had acquired the number three overall pick in the draft with the Indianapolis Colts. The Jets send their sixth overall pick, the 37th overall pick, the 49th overall pick, so both their second round picks, uh, as well as a second rounder in 2019 to the Colts. Uh, uh, So the Jets move up, get into prime quarterback real estate, maybe not as high up, Mark, as they wanted to because they they, I guess, placed the phone call to the Cleveland Browns. They're never going to do business with the New York Giants. That is a relationship fraught with uh, pitfalls throughout the years. Uh, so they, they move up to three, box out the Bills. I'm real happy as a Jets fan. Your thoughts on this move, Mark?
1: I think it's, we're seeing more and more of these trades where I guess you want to come out and say, oh, one, Team A fleeced Team B, and it's evident to everyone. I think this is a, a deal where the Jets win because according to what we're hearing from the Jets, they're comfortable with, in theory, getting the third quarterback on the board or their board, that they would be okay with that. And, and the Colts who... I incorrectly pinged on Friday for being too inactive. It Really, they want to build through the draft, and this allows Chris Ballard to do exactly that. So you can pick a winner in this, but for me, both teams got what they needed. The Jets have needed a quarterback forever, and they have a chance to get one.
4: This is a fascinating trade on so many levels. They put the Bills in checkmate six weeks before the draft. It turns the Giants' number two pick into the, one of the most interesting pick scenarios we've ever seen. and. I've never seen a trade like this, where a team gives up what they gave up, nearly two bucks on the dollar, according to Chase Stewart of Pro Football Reference, compared to some other trades like Goff and Wentz that were much less on the dollar. And they don't have a specific target in mind. You could trade up. They for must you, on some level, but you can't, because the other in two their teams, own mind, right? You can only say that one of these three quarterbacks I'm fine with, or I. I'm okay with that, but they don't have an RG three, a golf or a Wentz that right. they specifically trading
5: up. Or, the, or in theory, they love, let's say, Rosen and Mayfield. Like those are their top two guys, and they just feel really good. And they could be wrong that one of those two will be there at three. It's it makes sense. I agree with everything both of you guys said. The thing I'd be worried about is the idea that. Ultimately, all of these moves are being made by the Jets and a general manager who I'm not confident is going to be there a year from now. And do the Jets avoid getting into the same cycle that they've been in over and over and over where different people are drafting players for different parts of the franchise? Because will the Jets have enough patience to withstand another 3 and 13 4 and 12 season and not change their general manager who just spent a ton of money on mid-level free agent players and now is making all of these draft picks and it's a lot of draft picks i mean it's it's four Players for one, so you're you're trading four players for one, and you're including the number six overall pick in this draft, and three pretty high level picks. It's a, a virtually no risk, amazing move for the Colts, and it all works out for the Jets if they pick the right quarterback. But the the trick is. It's not just about picking the right quarterback. It's providing that quarterback with enough structure from ownership to coach to general manager to the players and having a plan to make that quarterback look good. And if if they're five and so 11 a year from a now, if they're five and 11 a year from now and they fire all the, then it's a, and it's a it's a dumb. You're move.
2: speaking you're speaking a lot of sense, but it's also it's one step at a time here. And I think that they have some pieces in place on a roster that's not ready for the playoffs, but I don't think it's as bad as last year. Certainly not when they had – a lot of people were predicting 0-16. So I think there are some pieces there. I think that if you get the quarterback and he shows Flash's um, ability to play and be a franchise guy, which it has to be to if you're going to trade up this high and give up this much, if you get that guy in place, then I think McCagnan buys time. The only way it doesn't work out is if they – draft a quarterback that completely bombs in year one, like – uh, Deshaun Kaiser, which there was a lot of factors in that in that, but even he was a second rounder. Sure. So it's like they if they can just get a guy that flashes, I think it buys McCagnon some time, uh, and and it should because I think he's had a good off season uh, after the Kirk Cousins. I think but that's yes. tough to evaluate a
5: rookie quarterback off of that. Look at Jared Goff in his rookie season. There are plenty of other. But, rook- but
1: then what do you do? Not t- swing for the Jets. I think if anything, correctly assessed that there was a possibility that if they stayed where they were at six. That yeah. not only the third quarterback wouldn't come to them, that maybe four or five could go, and then you'd be stuck you with let Mike the draft McCagnin. Come to you. Right, you'd be stuck with Josh McCown and a wait and see Teddy Bridgewater. That's how you get fired. If this works, Mike McCagnin could be there for the next
5: ten. Years. Right, but he would also be four years into it. I guess the the thing which is worth raising is he's struggled drafting quarterbacks so far. It's been much lower picks, but whether in Houston or in New York, and he hasn't really at this point, shown anything for his three years running the Jets. But then you fire him before this process. Right. I I agree with that. I think they sort of have to buy into McCagnin and Bowles again long term, which is a crazy crazy spot because usually you do want to see progress after two, definitely three years of a run, and they haven't shown it.
4: Relevant to the number six overall pick, since Joe Flacco was selected number 18 overall in 2008, 25 quarterbacks have been drafted in the first round. Tim Tebow is the only one from pick six to 32 who's won a a playoff game in the past decade.
2: and I thought that the bills um I don't know I mean I understand that the bills were aggressive to move up to 12 but I thought they telegraphed this a little too much too much and gave McCaant if he needed any more. Uh, window to know you need to make this move before the bills do and maybe the bills do get to number two and then they're okay as well but I I think that I think with did what Buffalo didn't which was seize the moment there and now it leaves the bills in a super desperate spot because they yes they have like Wes said it's hard harder to find a true difference maker later in the first round and you have in uh, the bills they have two first-round picks, but then A.J. McCarran, which is no one's example of a guy you want to lead the franchise, and Nate Peterman. So they, they are almost in a desperate spot. If I'm a Giants fan or if I'm in the Giants organization, I'm thinking really hard what I want to do here. If I'm a, if I, do I want to stay in the pick or move? I feel the same way about the Colts, who now are in six. But if you want to see how the draft plays out and maybe spin that back with the Bills, if they have someone they like, you could really clean up off this pick. You've already done the it the Jets. The Colts. Oh, trade the up, Colts. Trade back again if someone's there on the draft. I'm just saying the Colts are still in a very good Chris
1: position. Ballard told Peter King that they would be open to I mean, of course you'd be open to it. It depends what comes your way, but that's how you play the draft if you're the Colts. Uh, they, they want to avoid free agency, and they want to stockpile and stack one draft after the next for three years. That's, that's how he wants that's to
5: build Indianapolis. That's a safer and generally how you win. doesn't mean it always works. Certainly the Browns haven't used the picks in the Carson Wentz trade particularly well, so it all depends on... Uh, again, I think the structure sort of that you have in place. Do you have an offensive philosophy that, that can groom a, a great young quarterback in New York? The the Colts thing is safer. I do find it interesting that I think people around the league, and you saw it in the Peter King article and I've heard other things, I don't know if everyone really buys the whole Giants aren't taking a quarterback Thing at two that I'm not that it. that is very much up in the air whether they're going to take especially that now. Two. Well, why would you not trade
1: to six if you weren't going to take a quarterback? I mean, outside of Saquon Barkley, and if you were that fascinated with him, you can get almost the best outside of the quarterback position player available
5: at six. Right? They're going to get they're going to get Chubb or they're going to get Barkley or they're, it's a top pick for the Colts, you have to surmise. I know the Jets and Giants don't do business, but it would be malpractice if Mike McKagan didn't make that call to the Giants. I mean, it would be it hasn't been reported yet. It has been with the Browns, but it would be absolutely insanely going out of your way to do your job poorly. If you didn't see if the Giants would take this offer, They're not it's a pretty trade. nice offer.
2: They've never traded before and they never will.
5: Right. But they, but of course, you would These call are, to see if the Giants well, would do it. I don't we don't know. Probably did. But they, I'm just you saying you should
2: be fired there's a, if they there's didn't. a serious reason why this trade with the Giants would never happen, because the Jets and Giants don't do business together.
4: Dave Gediman seems like of the 32 GMs, the least likely one to care about what's on the back page of the New York Post or any other newspaper, but if the Jets stay at three, get the quarterback of the future, he turns out to be great, and the Giants bypass a quarterback, Eli Manny's successor, don't go quarterback, they're going to get
1: absolutely destroyed. And even more so because it's the Jets. Yeah. So that's how the Jets can stick it I to think the, the Giants.
2: Giants the Giants are boxed in, I think, in that sense with the quarterback position because even if Gettleman and this regime likes Eli and thinks he has a couple years left, which the jury is obviously out on that, you can't risk what if the Giants are four and six? Jerry just on came Halloween? back
5: actually, yeah, they, yeah they the jury, came, jury they just uh, they've reached the verdict,
2: right, what if they're four and six on Halloween and they didn't draft a quarterback, and Sam rosen is has twenty touchdowns for the Jets, like the, that would the fox analyst Sam Rosen suddenly <laughs> played for the Jets, Josh <laughs> <It's> Rosen. <out. laughs> um. Uh, I think that in that situation, the Giants would get killed. And the Giants are smart organization. I don't think they'll ever go down that road.
4: I, I mean, Edelman's played it well so far. He's got everybody thinking he could take a, G- a quarterback or Saquon Barkley. And those the right are the guys everybody it. wants to yeah. trade up. It,
1: it, it Box Cleveland into taking a quarterback at one or risking incredible PR fallout as well. Because they can't wait till four now to see what happens. No.
2: Because, so, yeah, even if they wait... They never could, I don't think.
1: I think they, they were never going quarterback it. all along, but if they wanted to get cute and you found out right. someone else really wanted to play, uh, you know, Chubb or Saquon
5: Barkley at two or three, you could maybe wait till four for your quarterback. They, they don't have that luxury now because right. of what the Jets And do. I think, I think, and this is not something that's unconsidered with the Jets or in New York in general, I think since the Johnson family has taken over this franchise, is they can sell this. Like, this gets the Jets fans excited at a point at a lowest point possible in terms of fan in terms of buying tickets, in terms of excitement about the, the franchise. And it's like they had to sort of do this to re engage their fan base. I'm not saying that's a good reason to make decisions, but I think it goes into the decisions. This also shows
4: how one sided the relationship is between a fan and a team. <laughs> right. Because as a fan, you have no choice but to give yourself over to the team. And the guys who are stewards, Mike McCagnan, he's the steward of your fandom he and Todd Bowles, they're they're charged with basically a public trust, but they're what they're doing is saving their jobs like or, all of their moves are intended to save their jobs not to not to
5: reward your fandom I do wonder what's if, if what's the difference and there's no way to know of Woody Johnson being in the UK
2: I, I think that Apparently, probably makes a difference there are there's Chris Johnson is his brother that's in charge of things and from the reports that you hear Chris Johnson has been more open more communicative with the team it's been a, a better culture around there obviously it's a short-term thing with Woody in the uh, working for for Trump but we'll see how it all plays out you brought up the fans um, uh, one thing on, yeah.
4: on this Albert Breer reported on this that woody was he was on board with this decision before he left. That right. they had talked about this quarterback plan a year ago and he was already on board with to do whatever you can to get a quarterback. He knows what they've been
1: missing for his entire tenure there. Yeah. I mean,
5: McCagnon needs some hits. These are his top five paid players on the team. McCown is number one, amazingly, at only ten million. Jermaine Johnson, good player. Kelvin Beach and Buster Screen and Brian Winters. I mean, those are your top five paid jets. Right. So he needs to bring in big time talent.
2: And he the quarterbacks the two quarterback whiffs, not really petty as much, but obviously Hackenberg stick with him and deservedly. So, so he gets one more shot to get a quarterback uh, and make it work. And what were you going to
1: say? Well, you, you described, you opened the show by describing yourself as having a lost weekend, that went from A to Z with no human memory. Your team in the middle of this That's weekend, I, did it not spice it up a little bit your Saturday so the, or Sunday? To I find woke, out up, that this I was woke up
2: to that, so that was very good. And I think it's good to, um, we haven't heard from him in a while. I wanted to uh, see how Keith Hansis thought about uh, the Jets, the first week of free agency, about this trade, and I uh, asked him, hey, why don't we report card time with Keith Hanses? So let's see what <laughs> Keith had to say. His name is Keith.
0: He's Dan's dad, no doubt about it, he's a big Jets fan. What is he going to say about the game today? What is he going to say
3: about the game today? I think the Jets have made a good trade to move up in their draft position. Uh, I'm hoping for Donald to be their top six as the uh, best scenario but I think Rosen would be very good as well because he's a drop-back passer from pro-style offense. Um, I'm also happy with the fact that they missed out on the Cousins deal. I think that uh, that's the best for both Cousins and the Jets. And goodbye to uh, both Teddy and Hack. All right, uh, that's, they're not going to be missed. Uh, I think also as far as the... The move that McCagney has made was pretty good. Uh, The signing of McGowan and Bridgewater, uh, Bourne, and Avery Williamson has has also been a good uh, pickup. So uh, my grade so far is a B plus, but they need an A plus with QB to make this a successful uh, offseason.
2: Yep. You have to remember – thank you, Dad. You have to remember how hopeless last offseason was. So Jets fans are pumped right now. And maybe McKagan's not the answer, Greg. I don't think any Jets fan is all the way in on him because of what happened with Hackenberg mostly. Uh, but I like what they've done this past week, and I'm really excited for the draft. So they're doing their job as an organization, at least right now. Fans have hope, and they're excited for the future.
4: I like how Keith delivered. He knows that you, – you want grades to get clicks. You you gotta you gotta hand out grades. That's what the that's what the customer wants, and he's doing it.
2: <laughs> By the way, Brand uh, Bill's general manager Brandon Bean told Peter King he is quote not ready to move mm. up in the draft for a quarterback. Uh, his quote uh, to King: I haven't spent enough time to have an opinion about any of them yet. Honestly, yes,
5: you a liar.
2: No. Uh, well, now he
1: doesn't know where to move up to. I think that it became a lot trickier for him. That's interesting because it's such a different. It, it's the inverse of the Jets' approach.
4: The Jets. Trade it up without a specific target in mind when they haven't had a chance to sit down and meet with any of these guys, and the Bills GM has basically said, "I want as much data as possible. I want to meet with these guys. I want to know who I'm trading up for." It's the exact second, opposite they, they approach. They
2: met with them at the combine. I'm it's sure, line season for though, 15 I don't minutes, any, not yeah, like
4: yeah. A, not spending a whole day with them,
1: putting them up on the blackboard, seeing what makes them tick. But I, they've also the Jets have been scouting these quarterbacks for two years, and I, I they have to feel confident with what they're going to get. I mean, organizationally, not just McKagnon, right. but the scouts and everyone else that have been sent out to track every one of these players' moves for 700 days. Going
2: back to that Burt Breer piece, Plan A was actually to draft a quarterback high, assuming 2016 would be a night or 2017 would be a nightmare loss season. Then the Cousins, they went to the Cousins race. That didn't work out, so they're back to the Plan A, which was Plan B, or Plan B, which was Plan A, and they're going to be okay. I think that's what I. That's what I think. It just it shows you how
5: costly those wins are. Oh, brutal! And like for instance, the Bills should have lost that game in the snow against the Colts. And then the Colts have another win. I don't know what the tiebreaker would have been, but they would have had the same record as the Jets. Who knows? You might have just you might have just been in the number three spot if that game. There's just so many crazy factors. And now the Colts get you know four second round picks out of it because because you know Chuck Pagano decided not to get closer for an Adam Vinatieri field goal. <laughs> it's just so strange.
4: Dan, we spoke uh, Friday about your saying that you like Lombardi's quote about football being the perfect team sport except for the imbalance at the quarterback is too important. And that goes hand in hand with another one of my favorite quotes from Thomas Dimitrov. When you don't have a QB, the search for one consumes you. But my new favorite to describe the value of a quarterback in the NFL was David Letterman at the Peyton Manning ceremony when he said this guy changed the skyline of the city. This is the goal of every NFL team to have a quarterback in place for Two decades that makes you one of the eight or ten franchises who are relevant to ESPN, NFL Network, and everyone else who covers football because two-thirds of the league, here's a dirty little secret, doesn't get reported on and is irrelevant to most of the major networks, most most of the media. You do not want to be on the Bills, Jets, and Browns hamster wheel of irrelevance for two decades. You want the quarterback who changes skylines, gets buildings built, Make sure you sell out every game like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning
1: and changes the skyline. That's the
4: goal, and that's what the Jets are trying to do. Here.
1: Yeah, and if Peyton Manning doesn't have that one lost season due to the neck injury, where the Colts conveniently out of nowhere go, what, 1 in 15? Yeah. They get Andrew Luck. Then the Colts are one of these teams that couldn't have made this deal. The only reason the Colts, we can praise Chris Ballard, and, and he should deserve he deserves praise, but you're you, you're able to make this move because mm-hmm. assuming Andrew Luck doesn't have more health issues, you've got that guy, and so you can accrue draft picks and build around it. There's we so much
4: randomness that goes into it. Tom Brady lasting until pick 199 is randomness.
5: We we haven't we hadn't heard from uh, Keith Anderson. Well, how about how about Chris Ballard? I'd like to hear from him. What's your favorite
2: type of frog? Okay. He still I mean, he doesn't have a lot of different things to say, but <laughs> it's always interesting his questioning. Anyway. Um So that's what's going on. So is it possible is it really possible by the way that the first 5 quarter uh, draft picks would be quarterbacks? That's not possible, right?
1: I think it's completely at least possible. Has that ever
2: happened? The- well, high. Cleveland I don't think Cleveland would could. have
1: to trade out because Cleveland's got the 4th pick. So four right. of the top 5 because you go to Denver. it never been the five? first
2: 3.
4: Yes, absolutely. there have been three. There have been three. I don't think there's ever been top four. I don't.
5: When was the
2: last time? Did you hit me with an three? absolutely there?
1: Oh no, I think there's been there's been three. There's I been there a two. couple of times
2: when there were top three. When you hit somebody with an absolutely, I want the facts. <laughs> no, right
1: I thought after. you asked if the top three could be <laughs> no all quarterbacks callbacks. this time, and that's what I it said. It would absolutely. be wild. Oh, no, it, uh, it, it's uh, an was was interesting it? scenario. I
5: haven't I haven't heard anyone opine could it be all four? You know, with the Browns and this Giants is strange year. I think it could happen.
4: So it would be Darnold, Rosen, Allen, Mayfield, and who would be the fifth? Well, so not, no fifth, four? no fifth. Yeah, okay. probably not a
1: fifth. But I think mean, Lamar Jackson could come off at some point after but, that because and that, listen, the other player in this, if they if they have any way to do it, I think Miami realizes as they should have a month ago, they're not going to get Baker Mayfield or any of these guys they like at eleven. They're going to have to try to wait. You got three AFC East teams trying to get into the top five for. Well, it's
5: also such an inexact science, Bucky Brooks was talking last week, some teams have Mason Rudolph ranked first or second, second or third, and I don't think it's like some crazy, like they're just out on a crazy ledge. They're like, no, we like him about third for for those reasons, and so that makes me think, well, he's getting taken in the first round, and maybe he's going to be a guy that Arizona and Miami looks at. I don't know if those are those teams that like him. I wonder how many QBs go in
2: the first round.
1: I mean, Baltimore. Be Baltimore's been talked about as a sneak team to grab a quarterback. They're at their one pick after the after the Cardinals. 15 the Bills,
2: Cardinals, uh, Dolphins, Dolphins. In addition to all the teams we've been talking about,
5: Patriots probably not in the first round, but it, nothing would shock me with them. The, cr- the crazy
1: thing is because Saints. the the quarterback absence is right now about five or six quarterbacks. Around the league, and if, if if this will not happen, you know that two of these guys will work out. The rest will completely <laughs> s the bed, and it will be an utter nightmare for three franchises. But if it ever if it ever did work out, and this was the draft that for a certain amount of time. Brought us to the point where we finally, in our lifetime, have 32 functioning, enjoyable <laughs> That's, starting it's quarterbacks. Impossible. It won't happen. But one this, of these guys this is going to be a Hall. Smith. Another one's going to be Cave McNown.
5: Although it could be two, no that, doubt. It could be 2004 with three either Hall of Fame or borderline Hall of Fame quarterbacks. That would change a lot. The difference is back in 2004, people weren't going as crazy, and guys like Ben Roethlisberger could slip to 11, or a team like the Chargers or could confidently con- trade down or to Or 2017.
4: Four. When guys like Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson slipped.
2: That's fair. Yep. Mark, 20... 20- Although I'm not ready to put them right there, right there. Yeah. 2021, Jets-Browns AFC title game. Sound good?
1: I mean, it sounds great as long as my team wins. It'd be even more painful <laughs> to loss. lose to the Jets. And after You'll all take those- a loss? I'll take a loss. Say that now. Because
2: then I'll know the quarterback is good. That would, Last yeah. time
1: they played in the playoffs, it was one of the longest games in NFL history.
5: Not that, possible with 10-minute overtime. That would board. guarantee doubling uh, the combined Jets and Brown Super Bowl appearances if there was a game like that. <laughs> right? Oh,
2: Greg. Oh, Greg. Oh, Greg. <laughs> How dare you. Uh, all right. Let's get into the rest of uh, the news around the league, and we'll start with, yes, the Honey Badger. He finds work. It happened on Friday after we... Uh, Finished our show. Uh, the Houston Texans signed the former Cardinals defensive back, uh, Tyron Matthew. Uh, the deal is for one year and $7 million, according to uh, Tom Pelissero, who had the report for us. Uh, the deal was official on Monday. Wes, I am really surprised that he essentially signed for a prove a deal. Were you?
4: Yeah, I think part of that's the safety market, which has been non-existent. Um, I think he was the first big name out of all the safeties to sign. There's been no Earl Thomas trade. Um, I, I think that was a big part of it. And, and probably teams wondering, is Tyron Matthew ever going to be 2015 All-Pro Tyron Matthew again? He wasn't quite that at, even at the end of last year. But this Texans defense is very intriguing because they have so many question marks. He's one of them. Will J.J. Watt ever be the same player? Will Whitney Merciless come back to what he was can their other additions really bolster a secondary that needed it last year? They seem like a fascinating defense. If
1: half
5: of those answers are no, they're in big trouble. But they were not a good secondary last but year. But the oh. upside with Clowney, Merciless, Watt, Honey Badger, it's pretty exciting. Two
4: really good young I inside Especially
5: the pass rushers. Matthew's at a different level. I was, I was really surprised, and this maybe is a case where we allowed – you know, a player that we really love watching play. We certainly love his personality, color how we thought his market was going to be, although I don't think we were the the only ones because th- that was surprising. I think his, judging by his words, his agent was expecting uh, something better. But I did ask around a little bit about this one, and I didn't think, I guess there wasn't what you said in terms of the health, whether he's all, ever going to be all the way back physically. And I think the question with him was he has to prove that he can cover Uh, wide receivers out of the slot. I think there's some question whether he really is a cover guy, and if he's not, then what is he? He's sort of a box safety. So I think there's some question. If he can show that he can cover guys one-on-one in Houston, he might be re-signing in Houston for a lot of money. How many free safeties cover wide receivers though? More now. And they Not get the that ones many. that get big contracts. They're usually covering running backs and tight ends out of the backfield. I mean they can do they can do zone, you know, he might be more of a zone guy. E- either way, I think there was question obviously that that he could get back to the level he was at and he'll have a chance to prove it. I mean Don Terry Poe And Alshon Jeffrey are great examples of guys who settled for prove-it
2: deals last year and ended up getting paid. This stat from uh, Bill Barnwell of ESPN uh, that speaks to the statistical drop of Honey Badger. Uh, He had uh, five interceptions, 11 tackles for a loss, knocked away 17 passes in 14 games before suffering that second torn ACL in three years. In the 26 uh, games in 2016, 17, two interceptions, nine tackles for a loss, eight pass breakups. So... Maybe not as productive a guy, and they and a team like the Texans was smart to be able to um, sign a guy that has a chance and a chip on his shoulder to get back to that level, or maybe he doesn't. I guess if you're the Texans, you wish you had him for more than one year, because if he's if he's a monster again this year, then he hits the open water. And you do what Jeff you do what
5: Jeffrey did with the Eagles. I think showed a nice blueprint of what to do with some of these high risk guys, high reward. Jeffrey and Timmy Jernigan were both. Brought in on one with one-year deals. One was a free agent. One was a trade. And by late in the season, they were like, "These are our guys." And you can get those long-term deals done during the season. Yeah, and Matthew's going to look at them and say,
1: "This is the team that took a shot on me." I don't know how. I don't know who else tried to recruit him, but JJ Watt was a huge reason that he
2: went there. Moving on, Kyle Fuller. He's staying with the Bears, but another team made a play. The Green Bay Packers had signed uh, Fuller, the cornerback, to a offer sheet. Uh, and Chicago quickly matched it so the deal is 56 million over 4 years 18 million in guarantees rap sheet reported um Greg can you kind of make sense of this to me I <laughs> I am just a little confused about the way they play this uh the Packers the the the, the Bears basically let another team negotiate for them and then immediately match the deal I did, what was what was behind all this I I'm a little confused too
5: of the reaction to it which has been suspiciously similar across the outlets as if they're getting talking points from someone inside the Bears building. Ultimately, you know, the Bears can argue that, hey, the Packers kind of negotiated for us. It was tough to get a deal done. We didn't want to, you know, set his number really high by giving him the franchise tag. I still look at it like you're paying Kyle Fuller as much money in the next two years as almost any cornerback in football. A, that's questionable, and B, if you had been a little more aggressive to begin with, certainly if you gave him the fifth-year option, I understand the reasons they didn't do it. But I would have rather kept him on the franchise tag than than do this deal because they basically gave him a two-year, twenty-nine and a half million-dollar deal, and they had the, they had the Packers negotiate for him. But I think they could have had him for less. If Isn't you
4: start if you start with the franchise tag number of fifteen million, then this deal goes even higher. Maybe I mean that's they want him there long term. But the, I, I think that they wanted
1: to find out what his market was. They they honestly didn't know what his market was. And part of it is he wanted to find out maybe what his market was too instead of just accepting a deal before going to free agency
5: and he found out. It, it makes sense that they matched it right away. Why let a good player go well, away?
4: To me, the confusing part was why did the Packers make it so easy to match? That's like, did pre- they really think the Bears weren't going to match that?
5: Maybe they're just getting them to... To pay it? I mean, why not do it? You know what? It doesn't hurt. It's like asking It's like asking for a raise. I think it's a reason you don't see the transition tag used
1: very often at all because the reactions by everyone are kind of just like, <laughs> excuse me? Uh. It, it
5: is crazy, though. And, and the fifth-year option thing, I, I really think if you're keeping a player on your roster, give them the fifth-year option. There There is so little downside. Kyle Fuller would be on their team for... I think a third as much this season as he will
2: wind up being. I think he's getting $21, $22 million this year now. Uh, speaking of prove-it deals, Sheldon Richardson has found a home. It is with the star-studded Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota announced Friday uh, that the former Seahawks and Jets defensive linemen uh, signed a one-year $8 million pact worth up to $11 million in incentives uh, to join a stacked defense uh, defense in Minnesota. Uh, Mark, the rich get richer, and Richardson, who's still just 27 years old, gets a chance to really reestablish his value uh, on a great defense.
1: From a Viking standpoint, it reminds me a little bit with the Seahawks up until before this offseason, where they were adding these big-name defenders to what they thought was a team still in its Super Bowl window, and keep adding strength on strength. The Vikings right now have Sheldon Richardson and Linval Joseph at tackle and Everson Griffin and Danelle Hunter. And that is an incredible defensive line if they stay healthy. And they're basically saying our Super Bowl window is wide open. We're going to keep adding these guys. And, they, and the one thing for all the quarterback chatter, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman did talk about we cannot lose what is the heart of our team, which is our defense. We have to keep these guys around for the extent of this run.
2: Um. I think the, the NFL sent a message to Richardson, too, which is, like, we don't trust you. Yeah. So, because oh, no he doubt. is such a talented guy. I mean, I saw it as, as a Jets fan when he was uh, at his peak in around t- 2014, 2015, uh, before he started getting into trouble. The guy was a terror on defenses. But people don't want to give him a long-term deal because there's been too many red flags. So... This is what he's got to live with. He kind of paid for
5: that. And if he can't succeed, it's a great position to look great because if you can't succeed on that defensive line and you're going to be on television national television pretty much every other week and a lot of primetime games and you can be part of a quote-unquote winning culture that goes to the playoffs and like all that stuff i think helps your bottom line as as malcolm butler and nate Solder, i mean if he if he can't get it done there he's not gonna get it done now let's stick to the speed limit please in minnesota on the streets of minnesota smart it's, it's why and sue should sign with the rams just just go to go to the rams play next to aaron donald you'll be on tv every week and you can go back into free agency next year just sign a one-year deal and wreck Wreck the league. Can't wait for an offseason full of who has the
4: best defensive line in football. <laughs> with Michael Bennett saying things like, I think we can have the greatest defensive line in the history of the NFL. They're pretty good Comparing there. it to the Golden State Warriors. Oh. As if he learned
2: nothing from Vince Young. <laughs> um, Sheldon Richardson, <laughs> we were just in Minnesota, so we can give you some tips how to stay out of trouble but still have fun. I think it begins and ends with the TGI Fridays. Lock it down at uh, TGIFs. Just yeah. lock it down. Get a nice Coke and some jalapeno poppers. mm have a nice yeah, night.
1: Yeah, I, Great weight stuff there. Who's the waiter again that we love
2: that was his name?
4: Uh What was his name? Oh, damn
2: it. It was
5: something unique. Was I've got a nice guy. I've got two three more words for for him just as a, a yeah. recommendation. Long sleeved undershirts. <laughs> it's
2: big time. Makes a big time difference. How about long john underpants? <laughs> <laughs> It's it cold up there. Moving on, LeGarry. Speaking of cold locations, uh, he signs with the Detroit Lions.
4: <laughs> I like that everybody knows him as yeah. LeGarry. Just one word, <laughs> LeGarry. Uh,
2: the former Eagles running back, the former Patriots running back. He is on a two-season Super Bowl championship streak, and now he goes to a team that's never even went to the Super Bowl. That will end. Uh, but anyway, uh, Blunt uh, reunites with Matt Patricia, who, of course, was with New England for the last several years. Uh, but. But uh, Greg Rosenthal, uh, there's a lot of buzz percolating that the Lions are going to add someone else to go with Legare, uh as soon as the draft. Well, that shows there's not a lot of faith in Amir Abdullah, who's there. I was interested. He in- got a lot. Of, he got a lot of run, didn't he? Abdullah right. had his chance to and, prove himself, right?
4: And the regime still likes him. I don't know where this buzz is coming from about the draft because everything Sss. they've said is Abne- Amir Abdullah is still in our plans.
5: I I was really intrigued by. Blunt saying uh, he had a really strong bond with Matt Patricia. Anytime I ever saw him, I'm quoting him now, any part of the building, whatever the circumstances, it was always laughs and jokes. We got really close. It would get serious. <laughs> I just like this idea of that Matt Patricia is sort of this uh, man about town that like everyone loves. And it, I believe it. Just, it. It, was, it was just Belichick kind of – constraining him publicly. And now we're learning that he's the life of the party. Well, I think we act like the offense and defense in these buildings never,
1: you know, fraternize <laughs> or see each other. These guys are in, in, locked down in the building 24 hours a day. Well, some coach. teams,
2: you remember collision low crossers It showed how separated those two worlds can be, but maybe Maddie Patricia is just one of those exceptions that everybody, you know, he right he lights up a room, Maddie.
4: This is a position they've needed for a long time, a power back in Detroit. But I'm a little interested to see how it works out because these backfields where they have the power guy and the passing down guy often don't work out because there's so much of a tell about who's coming into the game, what you're going to do. The Saints have guys like Ingram and Kamara mm-hmm. who can do both. One of them's a passing down guy who runs well, and the other's a running down guy who catches well. Blunt is one of the least effective receiving backs in the NFL, and who's the Theo Riddick is one of the least effective running running backs Mm, in the NFL. So
2: it's a tell. And that's why they have to keep Amir Abdullah because he can do both. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, the trade tsunami strikes once more. Oh, my goodness.
4: (laughs) Or even on land. It's not even safe there. (laughs) Well,
2: yeah. Yeah, the nature of the tsunami is that it's attacking the land from the sea. But obviously being if you're looking to just, you know, hang out in the water.
4: Go to the sixth
2: floor of your local tall building. Yeah, Yeah. The Patriots acquired uh, kick returner slash wide receiver Corderell Patterson as well as a sixth-round pick in uh, this year's draft from the Oakland Raiders in exchange for a fifth-round pick uh, this season. And, uh, Greg, this is a move for the Pats that uh, obviously they had a hole after Deion Lewis uh, left uh, for Tennessee in their kick return game. Uh, I would need to be convinced that he's Cordell Patterson is going to be a part of their offense, but who knows? No, I don't think he will. I mean, just
5: looking at Edelman, Hogan, Cooks, Malcolm Mitchell, Kenny Britt in theory, I mean, he's at best fifth or sixth. But they, I like that the Patriots put such an extreme value on special teams. It's kind of part of their secret sauce that they invest more in special teams than just about any team in the league, and it shows up every year. They're always one of the top six or
2: seven special They're gonna teams. They're going to lose your boy, Matthew Slater, it looks like. Possibly I thought the
4: timing close. was interesting because Cordero isn't just a returner. He's also a gunner. he, yeah. he He's really good at
5: punt there, coverage. There's a pretty strong argument to be made. He's the best special teams player in the NFL. So why did the Raiders give up? Because they thought he's results. he's a terrible wide receiver, and he is apparently – and I think that was what they were focused on. John Gruden on. determined to go 5-11 also. That could be it. That <laughs>
2: 1998 could be it. football. In other Raiders news, uh, Beast Mode is going to be sticking around, it looks like, because he will get that $1 million roster bonus. Um, according to Rap Sheet, he's scheduled to make uh, about $6 million in 2018. So Marshawn Lynch and Doug Martin, Mark Sessler, uh, will be the two lead guys, it looks like. Uh, do you like that pairing?
1: I mean, they've play? got a deep roster because DeAndre Washington, you got Jalen Richard as well. I I, I, don't, I I was not huge on Marshawn Lynch last year. He, I thought he played better than I thought he would. I think it depends completely which Doug Martin you get. I, I, I'm kind of surprised they're keeping Lynch. I, I, Greg, I believe you had a sandwich on this and he lose would be him. gone. Gonna lose and I, I don't <laughs> know if I took you up on that. Maybe I did for just for the, the
2: game itself, but we'll I thought you'd be the right. the sandwiches on Friday.
1: I mean, I just I don't. It's it, it's an interesting move. I don't know if I'd want Lynch as my starting guy in in two thousand eighteen. Boomer Bust
2: is the way I would I would look at their backfield.
1: I
4: If I'm a, a fan of another AFC West team, I like everything I'm hearing coming out of Oakland. So, far.
2: <laughs> I agree. You think beast mode? He was one of the I best just, running backs in the league in the last. To eight me, John, he was solid last to year. To me, John but he's a role
4: is building a Jeff Fisher team. So that I would love. For an AF.
1: If I'm a Chargers fan, I'm, I'm thrilled with this. You're a Chiefs fan watching the Chiefs reload, have a whole different type of quarterback, and you're looking at the Raiders and saying, I'm watching the
4: way Andy Reid runs that offense going up against a 1998 philosophy with John Gruden, and I'm happy with Andy Reid.
2: Mm. I'm also seeing the Broncos going this way down. They are they, the Chargers are always going to be the Chargers. I know everybody gets excited. They'll win seven to nine games probably. I think there's definitely a path for the Raiders to be fighting in that AFC West for. Uh, that's the Chargers division, division to lose. Mm.
4: They have the best roster in that division.
2: Here we go again.
4: And I, I'll, year. I'll put my money down on them again.
5: I'll do it again, too. I uh, believe
4: in I, talent over randomness.
5: If you just stick with the same teams year after year, then you end up being right. Like, the Eagles, like you I got was it. With the Eagles it finally eventually. came
2: around for you. Uh, and another Patriots moves, they signed uh, Adrian Claiborne, two-year, $12 million. Uh, so he gives them another guy on the edge. They also signed a uh, running back. Uh, oh, this is going to work out for them. Oh, yeah. It's annoying. Jeremy Hill. It's like Corey who,
4: Dillon all over again. Who
2: once upon a time uh, was Corey Dillon. one know. of the young uh, power backs in the league everybody was excited about. And ever since that fumble in the playoff game against the Steelers, it seemed like his career went in the tank the last two years, and now he gets a chance at redemption in Bill Belichick's offense.
4: That Cincinnati to New England running back pipeline. You've got Rex Burkhead, Corey Dillon. Now you got Jeremy Hill.
2: What have the Bengals gotten out of that pipeline? Anything going? Ben the other Jarvis, way? Green Ellis. <laughs> they got a. Uh Ben Tate. Brandon Tate. I don't think, what a uh, run, I don't think Tate. the Bengals know really how like, pipelines should work properly. It, it's uh, supposed it to, be to be like both ways things should be coming in a positive way. It
4: used to be uh, the sewage just floated down from Pittsburgh to Cincinnati on the Ohio River, and the Bengals would sign everyone cut by the Steelers. This this, <laughs> <laughs>
5: this is the part of free agency. Lewis Riddick, for what it's worth, kind of a Belichick disciple, put it out on Twitter today that like this is the key part of free agency. This is when the best signings happen. I don't know if that's... That might be overstating a little bit, but we do get
2: caught up. In it does kind make of, you sound smart.
5: We, we, do, <laughs> we do get caught up in, like, really reacting after a couple days. And now the of Patriots and many other teams are going to keep filling in their rosters. And it's like, at this point, what have the Patriots really lost? Nate Solder, to me, is a huge loss. Uh, and you have to figure out how to fix that. And they'll probably re-sign one of their guys, like Le Adrian Waddle. But that's that's not necessarily a total solution. But after that, it's like, all right, you're filling in your roster with some guys. And you can totally see them making Hill work. And Claiborne at least providing pretty cheap, solid defensive end snaps like he did a year ago. And it's like, okay. I'm always interested
1: plan. in who, especially on offense for me, who they decide to zero in on that other teams did not see. Now, Jeremy Hill, I think he kind of just ran. The team ran out of patience with him. But this is the team that turned Rex Burkhead into a 10 times better player than he was. Chris Hogan with the Bills. I mean, they are, they are playing these teams. They didn't work out for Mike them. Gillisley. Okay, but that's because they have five no, other I'm, running backs that work. But uh, yeah.
4: No, your point yeah. is well taken.
2: I mean, Chris Hogan, come on, Bill. No, those names you just brought up, I was just thinking about that. The last three years now in the offseason, the the Patriots have made a second-tier pickup that everybody was like, oh, that's going to work. Hogan, burkhead although burkhead wasn't like a home run last I mean, year but is a good is, fit for he, them he he helped he was, he was he helped. He talk was about an offense you can't, he, he blew his
1: knee he helped right and, and, and you can't tell games. what running backs are going to do and who's in there burkhead's perfect for that
2: yeah uh in other news the tampa bay buccaneers are having a nice little uh couple weeks i think vinny curry agrees to a 3 year 23 million dollar deal with the bucks uh he was released by the eagles but uh the pipeline told us uh, that the pipeline could be a lot of different things. Uh, we were told via the pipeline that that was not for performance reasons. The Eagles just had salary cap issues, so Curry had to go. The Bucks paid like a, they wanted a guy, that, uh, or they believed there was, this was a guy that could make a real impact. Uh, you like this move, Wes?
4: I do. I kind of like what the Bucks are doing so far. Uh, Curry, I think, is an upgrade on a declining, aging Robert Ayers, and they desperately needed – I thought offensive line was their biggest need. Secondary probably too, but Ryan Jensen helps him put Ali Marpet back at guard. Still have an issue at left tackle, but I think Jameis Winston is going to be running out of excuses
5: soon. I I'd wear I'd be wary of almost any offensive line signing this offseason because history tells us half of them are going to be bust. I mean these are a lot of guys. I put I kind of put them as a group in the, in the in a worst contracts of free agency column. And Ryan Jensen, who started sixteen played sixteen games at center in his life. Was a backup for five seasons, basically in Baltimore, is now the highest-paid center in the league. Justin Pugh and Western. By the way, he had
4: a vigorous market. A yeah, lot of people, people loved won. him. Yeah. He had a
5: great year, but I'm just saying, a guy that the Bra- the Ravens literally never trusted to be a starter, including last season until injuries started, and he played great. Maybe it'll work out. I have None of us really know. Justin Pugh and Weston Richburg, both coming off serious injury concerns, got paid full price. Your guy Hubbard on Cleveland. It's like, if you needed an offensive lineman, you just had to pay them like stars. Not my
1: guy. I would say that, I mean,
5: the, Peter King's Monday morning... Why do you order that Chris Hubbard jersey?
1: Well, you're right, because I order all the jerseys because they cost about $180 each, and I'm just <laughs> flushed with cash. But, <laughs> like, the Jensen got as many calls as Kirk Cousins from the the according to his agent early on. So, and the one thing about the bucks if they get good, I need you, if we're going to have additional games, you must change the uniforms immediately I cannot yes. watch an extra one, two, or three games of the Bucks in these outfits.
2: I think there's some type of uh, amount of time they must stick with each No, uniform. it's five years. And yeah. that's five years oh. too many with these outfits. So just have to Stick it out. Stick it out, guys. Hang in there. By the way, nice use there of vigorous, vigorous market. Usually, vigorous lover. Mm. It's one of those words that connects with another one. I
1: feel like it I've does. heard Damashek say that about himself.
2: Yes, he calls himself a vigorous lover, I believe. <laughs>
1: Waiting for a second Weird. or a third source on that. Uh, <laughs> on check. He's acting as his own source. That's, that's, a, own that's high, one way to high do, high do it. Man. He's a bias no, no, no. He is yeah. prolific.
2: Uh, Orlando Skandrick <laughs> spent uh, nine seasons with the Dallas Cowboys. He stays in the NFC East and lands a two-year deal uh, worth up to $10 million with the Washington Football Club, Mark Sessler. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> well, you wrote the post. throwing it to you.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I, I guess they, they needed – they needed cornerbacks. Breland goes to market. Kendall went to market. I mean, you have to. You he he'll step in and play the slot, but he's he's not young. And what's going on with Breland? Go. What's going on with Rashad Breland? Is another failed physical scenario? Yeah, the failed Cut physical his foot Cut. in Dominican Republic. Oh, oh, right. Boy. Did that
5: happen after our last podcast? I or? think it happened.
2: No, it, the it,
4: details came. The out details after did. We did Right.
2: That I feel like someone's going to get a deal for that guy. It well, that's let's a, see a, how bad is the cut. Well, I need more details. It that's, required more than a bandaid.
5: That's like heart. That's heartbreaking luck. I don't know Bashad Breland, but to think that like you might have one big payday in your your in your entire life. I mean, in terms of just like it's all focused on this one time, and he cuts his foot. Well, also, d- Republic, d- d- barring it being a giant cut, it?
1: why wouldn't the team say we know this cut's going to be fine, like four four weeks from now, I'll, three weeks from now?
2: Counterpoint, Greg. Yeah, you know, wear a pair of shoes. Oh, maybe it's the thing that he's he's not the most intelligent uh, vacationer.
4: You think he was wearing those gloves for your feet?
2: I'm saying if I was about to make like $30 million, whatever his contract was, I don't like to go anywhere anyway, but put me in the (laughs) bubble, man. Yeah, no,
5: you're right. Give me a bottle of Tito's and
2: give me... Take the vacation
5: after. The season should end and you should just stay in one room. Until you get paid. the kids aren't even allowed in the room. Any party.
4: Dan's philosophy. I'll vacation outside the United States when I'm dead. (laughs)
2: Uh, and finally in the news a uh, tweet speaking of soon to be dead Le'Veon Bell the Steelers uh, star running back tweeted this out to his followers uh, on Saturday should I get a pet alligator or should I get piranhas which would be more lit Mark we'll start with you Let's give him honest advice here.
1: Um, I would go piranhas because for me, you can—it's a dangerous animal. I don't know about more lit. Give me a break, but like you can keep it kind of caged. No inside judgment of, zone. We're just trying to help. Love baby. I, I'd go. I'd go piranhas because it's—it's—it's it's, it's a flashy, attractive item when you have like people over to the house. They can stand around and look at the fish tank. Alligator, you gotta okay. keep track of where that and thing is. And maybe you
2: weren't comfortable with the slang, but you're hitting at exactly what he's asking. What would be more? I it, think that would be, be more that, flashy. That would be. That's what cool. I'm saying.
1: You'd be. People imp- yeah. come over and look at piranhas in like an awesome fish tank. I think that's a sort of a Jimmy Johnson type thing. I'd be interested
4: to dive deeper into the connection between professional athletes and aggressive pets, hmm. because it takes an aggressiveness sometimes to excel in a sport like football. But like, you see so many athletes, like if you're getting a dog, they're getting a Rottweiler or a pit Bull. Mm-hmm. Like You don't see him show. ever yeah. getting a poodle. It smells
5: though. like a long form. I don't know if uh, our features editor, Ali Bonpuri, still listens to the show, but I think this this has a he Wes does.
2: long form. Written I mean, Ali's welcome to write it. It's time, Wes. And uh, the first <laughs> reply, by the way, to this tweet is from some <laughs> dude named Isaiah. Uh, bro, please don't get eight. We need you. And then Cole Wright, our own Cole Wright. Did he mean Eaton? He just said eight, man. Like the number eight or A-T-E? Uh, he spelled the ATE. Oh, okay.
4: Uh
2: and Cole Wright chimes in alligator man. So <laughs> Cole decisive. had a take. Cole had a take. Cool. Big on the alligator. Um You know what ever happened to cats?
5: That'd be pretty lit. Just get a cat. It's safer. No, Attempted that
2: this uh past season did not go well. Cat's not lit though. Far from lit. No. <laughs> I would say piranhas to be safe. You do. You know what is the upside of having an alligator?
1: Piranhas to be safe. (laughs) (laughs) I just think an alligator. There's no upside to either one of them. They're terrible. Piranhas
2: upside to piranhas. I
1: think. If you've got a cool house, Right.
2: right, and if you have a badass tank, like in your in your foyer. Yeah, one piranha. These men is have have foyers.
1: Great talking point. Every any whoever walks in your home, alligator. It's like, oh, suddenly it's not in its like little cage by someone's bed. Where is it? We're screwed. Your whole day, your whole spend, your whole and day then looking at like, this
2: thing. It's a talking point. Yeah, you walk in. Whoa, are these are these piranhas. And then he's like, yeah, man. Like I always connected with piranhas because <laughs> there's a pack, and they attack and they're fearsome. And then it's like, oh, I get this guy. If you got an alligator that you have to hid, hide in, like, a back shed in your garage yeah. or now your backyard? Now it's three backyard. times
4: bigger, and it just ate your lit cat. <laughs> no.
2: Cats aren't lit. <laughs> All right. That's it for today's show. We will be back. Uh, oh, little housekeeping. Uh, we are going to the owner's meetings. We're flying out uh, on Friday, so how about that? And we're going to do two shows uh, from Orlando, we're going to talk with some uh, general managers and some head coaches. Oh, don't um, don't bury the lead. We are
5: buying the Carolina Panthers. The four of us. It's happening right after. That's why. Under, that's uh, why we we're, we're going. Feet.
2: We couldn't even afford season tickets to the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> uh, so that will be coming up uh, next week. Uh, we will have, I guess, one more show this week. We won't have a show Friday, so we'll be traveling. So we'll be back on Wednesday, uh, but until then. One quick note. Yes. Congrats to our friend from
1: the Fantasy Circle, no longer with the company, but Ma- Matt Franciscovich. The franchise. Got married over the weekend to a young lady named Mackenzie Reynolds, assuming he knew her pre- previous to the weekend. <laughs> I like that you gave her
2: name. Mackenzie Did Reynolds. Congratulations on your marriage to Matt Franciscovich. Franchise. The franchise. A very good, a, a very good guy. Uh, all right. That's it. Stan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss of money bags, both on behind the glass. Until Wednesday!